And thanks to Jerry Carp for another wonderful jazz odyssey this Monday afternoon. This is KZYX Philo, 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah, 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. We also stream live at kzyx.org. This is Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, listener-supported community radio. My name is Alicia Bales. It is Monday afternoon. We usually do our local coronavirus update at this time with Dr. Drew Colfax. Dr. Colfax is away for the holiday, so we are delighted to have with us a guest host, a guest guest, I guess, Dr. Gary Pace, who is the public health officer in Lake County. Welcome, Dr. Pace. Thank you so much for being on with us today. Hi, Alicia. Thank you for the opportunity to speak to everybody. Well, and one of the things we've been doing for many, many, many months with Dr. Colfax on the local coronavirus update is is keeping people up to date on the Mendocino County pandemic response, right? The the numbers and the testing rates and all of that for Mendocino County. But we are heard, KZYX is uh, heard in, all over Lake County as well. So hello to our Lake County neighbors. And we're going to we're going to focus on Lake County today. Um, do you want to give us uh, get started with uh, kind of a, an overview about how things are going in Lake County? Sure. Um, yeah. So um, to get a quick overview of kind of the numbers and then talk a little bit about vaccine and some of the things, some of the questions that people are having a lot, we'll start with that and then we can see where you or the viewers want to talk, what, what you all want to talk about. But um, in Lake County right now, we've been doing things have been improving quite a bit over the last couple of weeks. About a month ago, it was pretty concerning. The hospitals were full. We were having some trouble filling, uh, transporting patients out of the area when we needed to, and the case rates were rising. But that was about four weeks ago. Over the last month, things have been improving dramatically. The numbers have been dropping quite a bit. Now we're at a case rate of 18 per 100,000, which we were up at about 60 per 100,000, I don't know, four to six weeks ago. So, you know, we've dropped by about two-thirds now. And the positivity rate is 6.7%, and that was up about uh, 14%, I think, as worse. So we've uh, things have got looking a lot better, and they should be continuing to get better with a low positivity, with a lower positivity rate like that. That's that's very encouraging. We have had a total of 36 people that have passed away since the beginning of the of the pandemic. Um, you know, the, these numbers are important because. When the case rate goes below 25 per 100,000, and now we're at 18 per 100,000, the elementary schools can open even when we're in the purple tier, which we still are. So the uh, once we got below that 25 rate, the elementary schools are now able to have on-site um you know, have the kids get do on-site learning. So that was a big step. And then the other thing is, is when we get down... At 18 per 100,000, we need to get below 7 per 100,000 to get to where we can um, be in the red zone. The, the positivity rate is the is good, so that's uh, would qualify us for the red tier, but the case rate is still about two and a half times too high. So, But as we keep dropping, we're hoping that we're going to be able to get down there before too terribly long. So in terms of further numbers, the vaccine, we've done about a t- total of 9,000 doses in the county. There's been about 7,000 people that have gotten their first dose, and then about 2,000 have gotten the second dose. So um, 
the number of folks in the county. So if you go by the total population, which is about 65,000, we've gotten something like 12 to 13 percent of the total population have gotten their first dose of the vaccine at this point. Um, we do have a little bit of information in terms of age breakdown and ethnicity breakdown. This is all just coming out from the state, and so people may not be aware it's available, but it's on the state websites now. And our the folks 65 and older, there's been about two-thirds of the doses have gone to them. And then um, in terms of the ethnicity, it's um, the uh, the... Uh, Native American folks have gotten very, a very small amount, but I think that's not correct. It's a 0.4%, but I think some of the some of the vaccines from tribal health, which is where the vast majority of the Native folks have gotten vaccinated, I'm not sure they've made it into the database yet. So that's one we, we're going to have to track back and see what's going on. But the one that's probably the most relevant uh, and a little bit concerning is uh, the Latino folks. We have about 10% of the total number of vaccines have been um, received by folks that identify as Latino. There is a there is a, a multi-race category that the state's using that they say 20% of the people are multi-race, which is unusually high. That's not really the normal population breakdown that we have in Lake County. So I suspect some people are getting squished into that one that we would normally put in the Latino or the uh, African-American grouping. But um, uh, so 10% of the people that have gotten the vaccine identify as Latino, and about 20% of the population is um, identifies as Latino. So we're about half as many um, folks from that community have gotten vaccinated as we would expect, and probably we should be having much higher because of the disparity in that community. Um, but to talk more so, you know, usually what I talk about is the surge and the hospital surges and how well we're going to be able to manage the new cases. And But we're we're doing very well with that right now, and the hospitals seem to be managing fine. And so there's not really any, any particular concerns about that at this point. So the main thing that people are wanting to talk about these days is the vaccine. So um, I'll just talk about that for a couple minutes, and then we can um, finish up. But... There's just not enough vaccine. We're getting something like a thousand, and it looks like this week we're going to get about fifteen hundred total doses. Uh, this is very low. Uh, if you know if we get a thousand a week, which is what we've been kind of getting somewhere between four hundred and a thousand a week for the last six weeks or so. But you think if there's a thousand a week, for us to get even half of the population vaccinated, which would be 32,000. So that's going to be, you know, eight months or something at that rate to get even half of the population vaccinated. So it's a very slow rate of vaccination that we're able to do. We, when the vaccine comes in, we are getting it out within a week. And so basically the numbers that we have are reflected of the amount of vaccine that's coming into the county, not, not you know, efficiency of, of administering it or anything. We are working closely with our healthcare partners, Sutter and Adventist are the two hospitals in our county, and they have been getting vaccines through their corporate entities in the past. Um, there's been a little bit of a slowdown the last couple of weeks, but I'm understanding that that may speed up again a little bit in the future. So all those 9,000 doses were not done by the health department, but it was done by a combination of the two hospitals, us, and also tribal health. And uh, Safeway has also been able to do a little bit, and Lakeview Clinic's done a little bit as well. So there's not enough vaccine coming into the county. 
And that's really been the thing that limits who gets it and where, what we can do with it. Um, the current setup is that we have been doing um, four clinics a week through the health department, and they've been indoors, two in Lakeport, two days in Lakeport, two days in Clear Lake. Just today, we've switched over now to a drive-through model. So um, the weather's hopefully getting better now. And um, also, I think as more doses come in, we're just going to have too many people to fit in those inside areas. So we're basically making a pivot now to drive-through uh, vaccination sites so that we can accommodate more and more people and get this going. As, as they start giving us more vaccine, we want to be able to get it out as fast as we can. So today we started in Lakeport. At the, it's going to be at the drive-in theater on, in, on Mondays and Tuesdays. And then on Thursdays and Fridays, it's going to be at Redbud Park in Clear Lake. Um, you have to have an appointment to get a vaccine, vaccine. So don't just come over there and hoping that you're going to be able to kind of talk your way in. We, we have some people at the front that are turning people away that don't have appointments. This is how we're trying to just manage the site so that there's not any kind of chaos or anything. You know, it's not, we, we definitely want everybody to be vaccinated as soon as we can. But part of how we've had to manage this since there's not enough is to try to prioritize certain people. I'm sure people have heard about the phases and the tiers that the state has uh, rolled out. And the first phase, 1A, is the phase of healthcare workers and nursing home residents, nursing home workers, IHSS workers, those kind of folks. EMS, ambulance, that phase has been all those people in that phase have been offered vaccine as far as I know. There's people out there that are are in that tier and they haven't been offered a vaccine. They should contact us at the the health department to let us know that and and we can try to get you in. Um, in In the phase 1B, which is the next group down, that's where the folks uh, 65 and older are. And we're really focusing on that group right now and also teachers and school staff. And we've completed that group. So all the teachers and school staff that we're aware of has been um, offered vaccine and they've been able to get it if they want it. That does not include preschool and childcare or college. This is all just K through 12 because we really want to focus on getting those schools open. And now we're trying to move into food and ag workers. So this is a big group and it's a complicated group to for us to be able to get in and get vaccinated. We've we've made a couple attempts that haven't gone so well. It's hard to manage who who comes in and um you know so we're I think we're gonna back up and regroup and try to figure that out. So at this point in time we don't have a good setup for the food and ag workers to get in and get vaccinated, but we're working on that and should be in a week or two. Um, and then after that uh, They just came out with an announcement on Friday that um, people uh, age 18 to 64 that have certain chronic medical conditions are going to be able to start getting the vaccine starting March 15th. So um, we're going to have to figure out how to do that because, again, what's going to happen is this is going to open up to a very large number of the people that qualify, but we still don't have enough vaccine to get all these people done. So um, it's going to complicate things, but it's also, you know, opening the door so that we can keep getting these people that are really vulnerable to get them vaccinated. So I think what we're going to be doing with those folks is going to be um, they're going to need to go through their medical provider and get get a letter or something that they qualify for, and then we'll figure out how to get the vaccine to them. So, um, so that's kind of talking about the, fe- the tiers and the, and the phases of how, who's getting priorities. But at this point, 
really what we're focusing on is getting the second doses of the people that have already gotten their first dose and also focusing on the seniors, 65 and older, um, and within the next week or two, the food and ag workers. So, it, again, it's very important to have an appointment. Um, the way to get the appointments are through the um, – if you go on our website, the Lake County Health Department, there are um, some – uh, login information, basically links that you can go to and sign up for it. The problem is, is there's only been, you know, a couple hundred a day because that's all the vaccine we're getting. And so they fill up fast. And so we're only opening a couple days at a time. And then um, when they fill up, they're, they close out. And then you just have to check again in a couple days. This is only for people that qualify, the 65 and older crowd, or folks that have been in the Tier 1A that didn't get the vaccine yet um, that need to get get in. So, uh, but you can go on to the website, find the link, and try to get uh, an appointment through that link. And uh, if if all the appointments are filled up, then there's nothing much to do except for just come back in a day or two and see if the new links have opened up yet. There's a whole new system that the, this is a state platform, so it's, we don't have any control over the way it is, and it's changing. This week, supposedly it's going to change tomorrow, but there's still a lot of a lot of kinks in it. So we'll have to, uh, I you know, we'll just have to see how it goes. But it's supposed to go live tomorrow for us in Lake County. It's called My Turn M Y T U R N, and people are supposed to be able to go on there and see when they're the group that they are in actually qualifies to get the vaccine. And if you do qualify, then you can go ahead and make the appointment. We'll see how it goes. A lot of the state. Um, uh, technology that's kind of gotten rolled out in the last little bit hasn't been all that great when it when it first comes out. So sometimes it takes a few days for them to work out some of the problems. But that's that. And again, we don't really have a whole lot of choice. This is kind of the way it has to be done. Um, if you need information, you can call two one one. That's uh, one place to get good information about the vaccine or, or other you know other COVID related things. Um, there's also we have a line that's so that's 24 hours. We have a line that's called the MOAC line M H O A C that's through the health department. And um, if you call that phone number, which is two six three eight one seven four, or you can email, which is MOAC M H O A C at Lake County C A dot gov. Uh, that's on the, they're all on the health department website. Then we have people there from eight to five who will answer questions, or if you have specific concerns, they'll direct it to where they need to go. And so that's a place where you can get kind of specific information. And the other thing is if you're a, a senior and you don't have internet access and, or you can't really navigate the, um, the online appointments, uh, scheduling process, there's a phone number that you can call for that, and that's 993-4644. And we have people there, again, 8 to 5, that can help you help um, schedule you for an appointment. If you go online and all the appointments are taken up, there's no value in calling that line because they don't have any extra appointments. But that's really for people that don't have Internet access or just, you know, they get kind of... Uh, uh, you know, tied up and they can't really work their way through the online yeah, um, appointment that's, process. That's so been that, a problem for sure. Them. 
That's amazing. Yeah. So you in Lake County, so okay, f- listeners, if you just tuned in, our guest is Dr. Gary Pace, who is the Lake County Public Health Officer, and all of the information you just heard is a report from how Lake County is managing their pandemic response. Um, and so you have, you basically have four regular vaccination drive through events a week, and you're signing people up for those uh, as a way to to manage, but just like in Mendocino County, you don't have enough vac- vaccine, just like we do. Exactly. Yeah, it's, that's that's a problem all over the state, all over the country, really. But yeah, the problem here is not enough vaccine to get it to all the people that want it. Right. And and you said, let's repeat the phone number for people. Uh, you said that you can go to the Lake County webpage uh, to get signed up for a vaccine appointment. Uh, but if you aren't kind of online savvy or online literate, you can call 707-993-4644 if you're in Lake County and you qualify. If you're 65 or older or in one of the qualified tiers, uh, you can make your appointment that way. Somebody can help you get an appointment if you don't have internet access, right? If you if you um, are needing information, the best place to go is not the Lake County website, but the Lake County Health Department. So that's, those are two different sites. But that's where we have a lot of information about vaccines. We have a lot of uh, the, the contact information and things like that. But... Um, Right. If you if people are having trouble navigating, the, either they don't have Internet access or they can't really navigate the platform, that's the place to call and somebody will help you get an appointment that way. All right. And have you uh, started the process of opening the elementary schools for on-site instruction? Well, um, we so in Lake County, we were in the red tier pretty much until Thanksgiving last fall. So all last fall, from the state point of view, the schools could open. Um, Two of the school districts did open back in August, and they did the whole semester without much problem. Uh, By the time Thanksgiving came around, we went into the purple, and so then no new people could open up at that point. Now we're at the point where the elementary schools can open. They have to have a safety plan in place. And so the, the school districts are all making their own decisions about that. So, But from from the permission from me or from the state, the elementary schools can open at this point if they have a safety plan in place. The middle schools and high schools have to wait until we're in the red tier. Got it. All right. Well, should we go ahead and open up the phone lines and see if any listeners in Lake County or anyone else who's listening has a question for you? Sure. It's 707-895-2448. That's 707-895-2448. We'll be here till 3.30 taking your calls, and let's see what our first caller has to say. Good afternoon, caller. You're live on the air. Hi. I'm <clears throat> calling about reactions to the second vaccine, and I'm wondering what the range uh, of reactions is. Um I'm 80 years old, got my second vaccine Friday at 11 a.m., started getting um, aches and pains that night, spent all of Saturday bedridden, couldn't move, totally fatigued, and um, aches and pains, could barely get to the kitchen to make a pot of soup, um, which was all I could eat, 
and I'm still pulling out of it on Monday. And I wonder if other people are having this, and I wonder if the doctor could speculate, doesn't have to be scientific here because it's probably not known yet, why this second dose is giving such reaction because I've ha- I had the live uh, shingles vaccine, which we weren't supposed to have, and then I had to have two more, but that one gave me an itchy rash every night for six months, um, and it was a live virus, and that was my reaction, which I didn't like, but it was nothing like this fragment of not a non-virus thing did to me, and I'm curious about the doctor's speculation of why the reaction is so strong, and maybe other people will call in and comment on their reaction since we were warned that we were going to suffer something, but I had no idea I'd be knocked so flat. <laughs> That's All it. right. Thanks, caller. Can, can I ask you to take that uh, answer on the air? Your phone yeah, line sure. is a little bit noisy. Okay. Thanks so much. What do you think, Dr. Pace? Well, I'm really sorry that happened to the caller there, but uh, we are definitely seeing that. So, you know, there's been two different types of vaccine. The Pfizer vaccine was the first one we got, and people really didn't seem to have that much of a reaction to that one, either the first or second dose. With this newer vaccine, the Moderna, we are hearing a lot of people having this kind of reaction on the second dose. The thinking early on was that it mainly happened in younger people that were um, that had a more vigorous immune response because this is really what what she's describing is the immune system reacting to the to the vaccine and actually stimulating the immune response. So we see this as a actually a positive thing. It means okay, you're going to have a very strong uh, immune protection against contracting the COVID, but it's pretty miserable when it happens. Um, It seems like you got vaccinated on Friday. One of the things we're seeing is it seems like it's about 12 to 24 hours is when people start getting these kind of really strong flu-like reactions, and then it takes a couple days before they get better, and it sounds like she is getting better. If it's, um, you know, the question always is, is, is it possible that it's COVID? Well, you can't get COVID from the vaccine because it's not live. There's no virus in it. But you could have, it's, is it possible that you had contact with somebody who had COVID and then you're actually getting COVID symptoms just kind of overlaid with the vaccine? The way you're describing your symptoms there, that's pretty much what we're seeing with the the second dose of the Moderna for some people, not for everybody. Um, if you weren't getting better, if you were actually getting worse, if uh, kind of some of the symptoms like coughs or throat, some of those that seem to be less sort of immune system mediated, but more seem like a virus, that then we would be more concerned. But everything you're describing there sounds like uh, just a very kind of strong, vigorous reaction of your immune system to the vi- to the vaccine, and hopefully you'll continue to improve and be done. And uh, thank goodness there's not a third dose, because that would probably be, <laughs> be even worse. There's no danger necessarily, like with COVID, there's no danger in that re- reaction, is there? It's just, you just have to go through it, and then you'll get better? Right, so we've not seen, so there's, 
there's two different things here. One is the anaphylaxis reaction that you can get soon after the getting injected, and that's an allergic reaction to the to something in the vaccine, and that can be dangerous. And uh, there's it's there's a lot of talk about that early on. It looks like now that we have a, quite a bit of experience with it. It looks like there's maybe kind of the the suggestion is it's about three cases of that per million doses given. So pretty rare, really. This thing that um, she's describing is a different kind of reaction. This is the immune system kind of um, uh, reacting to the protein and, and basically starting to develop the antibodies and everything to it. And as far as we know at this point, nobody's had a, you know, a, a fatal or need to be hospitalized or anything like that for, for this kind of reaction. All right, let's take another call. Good afternoon, caller. You're live on the air. Yeah, I made it. Hi, my name is Rose, and I'm a retired nurse from Willits. And um, I have two questions. Number one, I don't think I understand the difference between a variant and a mutant. And that brings me to my second question about these new strains that... Um, I heard this morning are appearing in the Middle East, and I'm wondering if any of the up-and-coming viruses, uh, the vaccines and the studies are showing that they're going to be effective against the new strains. I'm thinking about holding up, you know, holding out to see how that works out. And thank you for coming over, Doctor. Okay. All right, thanks for the question. Yeah, the variants are a really good question. So, um the uh you know about a month ago i was definitely feeling pretty optimistic that once we got through the surge that things were going to be kind of smooth sailing and gradually improving and we were going to be able to open the schools and kind of get back to normal um these variants so basically a mutation is something that happens to the dna where there's just changes Due to when they replicate, there's um, there's a, a kind of a mistakes made in the in the replication of the DNA, and so these are mutations. The variant is a is what they're calling the actual virus that has some mutations in it. So some of these have a couple different mutations or a series of them that that travel together. So the the mutation is what's happening kind of inside the cell. The variant is what they're calling the virus itself that has these mutations in it. And, um, you know, there's several of them out there that people are paying a lot of attention to. One's in um, England, in the U.K., they call it B117, and that's the one that's, uh, it seems to be moving around the United States very quickly now. It seems to be more contagious. They're, they're starting to feel like it has something like uh, uh, an increased mortality, so more people die that get it than, than in the original one. There's also one from South Africa. There's one from um, Brazil. These are these are the three main ones they're concerned about. The, the one in the Middle East, I hadn't heard about that one yet. But there's a, there's like uh, um, there, you know this virus is replicating so fast. There's so many of uh, copies of it around the world right now that mutations are just bound to happen. And then what happens is the ones that actually allow the virus to live more, to enter more of the hosts. Uh, 
it, it ends up becoming the more common variant around, and uh, that's what we're seeing now. So in California and in Lake County, actually, we aren't testing the genome as much as we should be. It's, a, it's an expensive test. It's kind of a complicated test. If you look at Europe, some places in Europe, they're, they've been testing all along since the beginning, and that's how they picked this up in, in Britain and also in Denmark that they've been kind of monitoring very closely. We've been, in a lot of ways in the United States, we've been kind of behind the curve, and this is another way we have. They've started monitoring in California now since I think like the first of the year. And um, in Lake County, they actually did 40 samples. So they just take randomly some samples from the lab from the area and then they tested them. And so they tested 40 of them and nine of them were positive for uh, one of these variants. It's not one of the ones we mentioned. It's They're calling it the California variant or the Cal-20C variant. Uh, there's a couple different names for it, but they all seem to be working on this spike protein, the way that the virus connects to the human cells. And so they're concerned about it being more contagious and more more dangerous to people. And also the question you bring up about the vaccine, they're concerned that because of the spike protein is how the vaccine works. These current vaccines are working on grabbing on and kind of blocking the spike protein. Then um, how, if that changes, are the vaccines going to work as well? They've seen with the the South Africa variant that the vaccine, some of the vaccines don't work as well. We don't have any of that one locally. The only ones we have locally that we know of, the vaccine seems to work fine. So, I mean, the current thinking, it sounds like you're sort of trying to decide whether you should wait to get the vaccine or not. The current thinking is the more people that we can get vaccinated now, the more we'll be able to slow down the spread of these variants and protect people more. It's possible we may have boosters down the road, you know, like we do with the flu shot or some kind of specific vaccine to address different variants. But I would definitely encourage you not to wait and to go get it as soon as you can, because even if they don't work 100 percent against them, it's Usually with these kind of things, there's at least partial protection. And uh, so it would be uh, probably really good to go ahead and get it, um, especially if you're in a higher-risk group. Don't they protect people from, if not from getting the virus, at least from the most serious cases and um, and death? Right. So the, the way the, va- the current vaccines we have work are they, what the studies have shown is that it's about a 95% effective preventing people from getting severe illness or dying from it. It may or may not decrease the person's risk of actually getting the infection and spreading it. So even after you've gotten the vaccine, after you've gotten both doses, you're pretty sure you're not going to get really sick and die from it if you got COVID. But you may get infected if you go out and socialize and do things and come home and, and then spread it to somebody in your family and they could get sick. So we're still recommending that if you get the vaccine, that people wear masks and do the social distancing and do all the things that they do. And especially now with these variants coming into the picture, we don't know exactly how well it's going to be protected against them or just what's going on. So it kind of um, increases the need to be particularly cautious. And are you advising people to continue to get tested even if they have gotten vaccinated? The current 
thinking is that if you have gotten exposed or you have symptoms that seem like they might be COVID, then it's probably worth it to go ahead and get tested. We are, we haven't really changed the guidance yet. The state's talking about when they're going to change the guidance, but it hasn't happened yet. And so we just don't know what the likelihood of people getting reinfected is. There's in the newspaper today, there's three cases of people that have gotten reinfected with the South Africa variant. And so um, they had COVID before, they recovered, and now they have this one, the, the South Africa variant. So it's all kind of changing. And so at this point, yeah, the, probably the right thing to do is to go ahead and just keep getting tested the way you did before, just to know that you're probably a lot more protected and it's pretty unlikely you're going to get really sick from the COVID at this point if you've completed the vaccine. All right, but to continue with the surveillance testing until we hear otherwise? Right. All right. Correct. Um, is, so uh, this is Dr. Gary Pace. He's the public health officer for Lake County. Um, Gary, is there anything else before we say goodbye that you want to kind of let listeners know, either from Lake County in particular or from both counties, uh, just from your experience uh, leading Lake County's public health response through this pandemic? Well, yeah, you know, I really appreciate the chance to reach out to your listeners. It's uh, it's really helpful. Things are changing really fast. And so the more we get to spread the information and let people know where they can get, um, where they can check in and get, get updates and things, it's really helpful. And, uh, you know, this has been going on almost a year now, and everybody's tired and frustrated, and the schools haven't been open, and some of the businesses haven't been open. It's been a very long haul. and uh, But I do think we're really entering a whole new phase, and uh, I think people still need to be careful. We can't really go back to the way we were a year ago, but I think it's not going to be as restrictive and as onerous as it has been. So I just want to encourage people to keep taking the precautions and, um, you know, kind of uh, keep working together to try to try to respond in a, in a way that's compassionate and um, kind of effective because we're really, we're really getting close to getting a more um, uh, reasonable lifestyle, I think, here than we've had for the last many months. So, um, so thanks, Alicia, for the opportunity to talk. So stay the course. <laughs> stay the course. All right, Dr. Pace, thank you so much. Really, it's really good to hear from you, and I really appreciate you taking the time. I know how busy you are, so thank you very much. Thank you. All right, take care. That was Dr. Gary Pace. He's the public health officer for Lake County. And uh, it's good that we finally get an update from our Lake County neighbors or for our Lake County neighbors. We've been coming on the air with the local coronavirus update uh three times a week for many, many months now. And this is the first time that we've had information specifically for Lake County. I want to just reiterate that um, there is a, a number for people to get uh, phone appointments uh, for vaccine appointments. Um, and that is 993-4644. There's also at the Lake County Public Health page at health.co.lake.ca.us. Uh, or you can just search Lake County Public Health, Lake County, California. Um, they have a pretty good, clear, concise COVID-19 data summary. And there's a place there online where you can also make appointments for um, their regular vaccination events that they're having, which as Dr. Pace mentioned, are uh, transitioning to 
drive-through vaccine appointments at this point with drive-through model. So I'm Alicia Bales and I am going to sign off now and, and leave you to reveal in progress. I will be back on Wednesday, joined by Dr. Drew Colfax for our regular Wednesday afternoon local coronavirus update from 3 to 3.30. I sure appreciate you listening and for all of the callers. I hope that that was informative and helpful for you. And we will continue to bring you the best information we have so that you can make um, informed decisions about your health and safety during this pandemic. Thanks so much for listening. This is KZYX. You've been listening to the local coronavirus update from KZYXNZ Mendocino County Public Broadcasting in Philo, California. This podcast is made possible by funding from the Mask Awareness Project of North Coast Opportunities. To hear this program live, tune in on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time to KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Williton Ukiah at 91.5 FM, and in Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Or you can hear us anywhere at kzyx.org, where you can also find out how to donate or become a KZYX member. Thanks for listening.